Need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Good afternoon, Jack Riccardi on 550 and 107.1 KTSA. Welcome to a new week. Hope you had a great weekend. I guess the mark of a great weekend is that it seems like it flew by and you don't remember what you did. Or is that just me? I don't know. Anyway, big political story today. A lot of big political stories today. Uh, One of them is this ABC News Washington Post poll uh, that came out over the weekend that has President, uh, former President Trump up uh, on Joe Biden, 51 to 42%. This is ABC News and the Washington Post with a, um, you know, basically a 10-point lead uh, for Trump. In their last survey, uh, they had uh, Biden up by about that much. They are already downplaying their own poll. They're already saying, we think our own survey is unreliable and an outlier. Do you believe this poll? And I, you know me, I don't I don't put a lot of faith in and stock in polls and we don't generally make them topics of conversation you and me because there's better stuff and more important stuff to talk about. But I have been curious about this because I'm trying to figure out what might be really going on here. Um do you believe that Trump is ahead by that much? I mean, I could believe it. I mean, Biden is terrible and he's failing right before our eyes. So you've got not only the the bad job performance and the the tanking economy, but you you have the the unavoidable kind of unspinnable. No one can tell you that you're not seeing it, right? Uh, observation of of this guy's just not there, and that is something that non political people can relate to. You know, you, you must know people. I know people that don't follow the news, that don't think about. In terms of like inflation and the economy, I mean, they live with it, they experience it, but it's not—they're not really cogitating about it. But but they see the clips, they see the memes, they 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 see that Joe Biden, there's something wrong with him, and they know that we're being lied to about him. So anyway, I mean, I could believe that Trump is up, but l- let me run by you another theory here about this poll. Because, again, it's really weird. I mean, if the Washington Post and ABC thought there was something wrong with it, they didn't have to release it, right? If if they internally think the sample was skewed or there's something up, they could have just not published it. So why did they? What's the purpose of this poll? I mean, you may be feeling good about it, like, oh, good, okay, good, we're going to get Trump back in there or whatever. But I think maybe this poll is to help propel Joe Biden out of the Democratic nomination. I mean, if I had to, I, I know this is very cynical, but this is one more step in replacing Biden with either Gavin Newsom or somebody else. The other thing that happened that I thought was very interesting on Friday was Newsom 
vetoed a couple of bills in California that people thought he would sign. And one of them was the bill that would have forced parents to affirm the, the sexual identity chosen by their children. Now, we know Newsom is a big-time lefty. This is, is one of the most important policy positions of the modern American left, that parents, teachers, everybody has to defer to the sexual uh, fluidity of, of children, so-called. He vetoed it and offended and surprised, apparently, even the sponsors of the bill in the California State Assembly. So I think this is a guy that's trying to look like, oh, I'm, I'm reasonable and I'm a problem solver and don't believe what you hear about California and I'm, I'm a moderate Democrat. And I just, when I look at this poll and I look at some of the other things that we're seeing right now and, and just the fact that the White House is allowing on a daily basis Biden to look dazed and confused, you know, they're not doing what they did during the 2020 campaign when they kept him away from situations and circumstances that might have revealed this more clearly, right? They they basically, they gave us very small controlled doses of the guy, and even those were a trip, but I, I just, I it looks to me like the people around him are moving on from him. And if that's true, then the, the ABC poll is part of that. So I don't know what you think. I don't know if you believe that Trump is ahead by that much. I, again, I, I certainly could believe that he, he could be. Uh, what do you think is going on here? 210-599-5555. The cynic in me wants to believe that uh, there's a ulterior or alternate you know, motive uh, going on. And of course, I don't believe polls I, I, for a whole host of reasons. I think these news organizations commission polls to reinforce what they already are putting out. So it's not like they're trying to learn. You know, in your business or my business, we study our audience or we study our our customers because we hope to learn, we hope to know more about what they like and don't like and what we need to do. But but if you're if you're in a position of just wanting to um reinforce what you already think, then I don't really trust your polling. So that's the first problem. The second problem is I think more and more people have a none of your damn business attitude toward participating in surveys and polls. I don't know how you feel about it, but I generally don't. I think people that support Trump wisely keep that to themselves most of the time. Uh, and particularly if you're a woman, if you're a, a African-American or Hispanic-American, uh, or any other group that is presumed to be solidly in the Democratic camp, if you really support Trump, um, you have to be careful who you tell that to. And you probably don't say it any more than you have to. And you're not going to tell somebody that's taking a survey. So I, I don't know how you would get an accurate poll. I'm not sure if this is an accurate poll. But if the people who took it and are reporting it are now saying we have doubts about it, well, I think I know what you're doing. So 210-599-5555. This Bob Menendez story is something. This guy is alleged to have had gold bars. I mean, that is like some serious, let's like, that's like if we made a video game about political corruption. I'm bribing you with gold bars. I mean, somewhere Hunter Biden is like, dang, 
Why didn't I think of that? Gold bars. I mean, Hunter got a diamond, which is pretty hardcore, right? I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty, that's pretty um, in your face, but gold bars. So the accusation is that Senator Menendez, who's the senior senator from New Jersey, has been around a long time. He was in the Congress before he was in the Senate. He's been in the Senate a long time. He's the chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. So all in all, a big-time Democrat. A um, lot of responsibility. Uh, and who has been in, in investigated for corruption before. Is alleged to have taken gold bars, a Mercedes, and other forms of cash, uh, including envelopes, apparently, of cash. Um, and he apparently or allegedly... Uh, took it uh, from people uh, that he then represented uh, to the State Department and to our government, including people from Egypt. And he held a news conference today where he said, uh, these are just allegations and um, a person should be innocent until proven guilty. Um, And I hope I'll get the presumption of innocence. He gave a whole sermon about the, the sanctity of the American legal system. It's always it's always precious to have a Democrat lecture us about uh, the uh, the sanctity of the uh, judicial system, and we have to uh, give people their presumption of innocence and all that. I love I love getting that lecture from Democrats. But then he said something that uh, triggered me as an Italian American. He said that because of his culture, he. Um, and he's, he's Cuban-American, Bob Menendez, I think. I think he's Cuban-American. But anyway, he says because of his culture, he has, for 30 years, felt the need to keep uh, cash, emergency stashes of cash, around his house. And so the fact that they found 480000 in cash at his house, that's right, you heard me, 480000 He says, that's just something people like me do because my family used to fear the knock on the door and the, you know, the regime in Cuba would confiscate, and so we would keep the money. And see, I don't know about you, but, like, I I come from people that kept money in coffee cans buried in the backyard. I mean, my grandfather did that. But my grandfather had very little money. My grandfather was an immigrant. Um, and even he didn't have it in envelopes, you know, stuffed in his sock drawer. He had the presence of mind. If you're going to keep it at your house, you got to hide it. You can't, you can't just keep it around the house. That's that's no more secure than putting it in the bank. So Bob Menendez thinks you're an idiot. I'm just letting you know. He thinks you're a maroon, or he thinks whoever's listening to this news conference uh, th- that they're going to fall. He's actually playing the Cuban American card. Now, he's been in trouble before, but he must really think he's in trouble big time now because this is, this is a pretty wild excuse for cash. So we're, we're supposed to believe that when they found all this money and the gold bars and the Mercedes, well, this is just a guy that comes from the old country, and in the old country, this is how we do it. How's that grab you? Gotta give him gotta give him props for originality. I have not heard that one used before. So that's pretty good. A uh, number of Democrats are calling on Menendez to resign, including John Fetterman. 
<laughs> I'm not making this up. Uh, this is from uh, redstate.com. Senator John Fetterman has called Senator Bob Menendez of New Jersey to resign uh, in the wake of bombshell bribery allegations. Um, Fetterman, in his statement, uh, says um, that although he's entitled to the presumption of innocence under our system, he's not entitled to continue to wield influence over national policy especially given the serious and specific nature of the allegations. Uh, Brazen meet brazen. Imagine Fetterman is saying about another senator, I don't think this guy can do the job. I think he needs to step aside. Wow. That is some stunning um, self-ownership right there. So that's going on. Uh, what do you think about, um, I'm just curious. There was another incident of, uh, Biden calling a black man boy. Uh, this happened on Saturday. He was speaking to the congressional black caucus and he was speaking about a couple of, uh, rappers, LL Cool J and MC light. They were getting awards like lifetime achievement awards at this, uh, dinner and the president was speaking, and this is what it sounded like when Joe Biden was talking about them. Cut number four. To two of the great artists of our time representing the groundbreaking legacy of hip-hop in America, LLJ Cool J. Uh, by the way, that boy's got, he got man's got biceps bigger than my thighs. I mm. think he's... Okay, I'm not, I, I have no problem with him butchering the names of the rappers. I mean, you know. But, um... What do you think about the fact that whenever he gets the chance to refer to a black man, he calls him boy? What is that about? And I know people are going to say, well, he's a racist. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it does. I wonder if it's also that he is scared. I mean, you know, the, the knock on him from his own fellow Democrats, remember, people like Kamala Harris and Julian Castro, they basically called him an old-time Democrat, uh, you know, hung around with the segregationists. They branded him racist in his own party. That wasn't the, that wasn't the attack line from Republicans. That wasn't the attack line from Trump. That was the attack line from people in the Democratic Party. party. So if you, if you sort of obsess about what you're afraid people think of you, Right. If you're like, if you're trying not to say something, that's when you keep saying it. And, and, and Biden may be, for all I know, I mean, who knows? I, I don't know. I don't know the guy. But, and I realize 99% of people who hear this will think, oh, well, that just goes to show that deep down or whatever. It, maybe, but I'm always looking for like the contrarian explanation. Like, well, what's another thing it could be? I, I think he's afraid. And so because he's got it on the brain, he is going to say it every chance he gets. Because it's the one thing he's trying not to say. Boy is the word he's so trying not to use that it just slips out. It's weird. I mean, he does this a lot. So that was awkward. And like I said, the, the White House is putting him out there. Somebody who's supposed to be handling him is putting him in one situation after another that is um, bad for him. 
and then the poll, and then the the way Newsom is traipsing around, acting like he totally wants the job. I mean, I I don't know. I don't know any other way to interpret what's going on here other than we're seeing the slow motion, you know, replacement of Joe Biden. But tell me what you think. We're going to dig into all of this and start with your calls. So what do you believe or what do you think or what's going on or are you confident in the ABC poll that says uh, Trump up 10 points over Joe Biden? I mean, maybe you thought that was the state of it all along. Uh, Maybe you're like me and you think something else is going on here. What do you think that is? And um, I I, I really have come around, and I know some of you are probably like, hey, where have you been? We've we've thought this for a long time. I I have completely come around to the theory that uh, there's an effort to get rid of Biden by the Democrats, by the Democrats. I don't even know what the Republicans would want at this point. I would think they'd want to run against Biden. I would think they would be much happier to run against him. It's much easier to connect people's misery and the policies to the guy that, you know, was in for them. It's just a whole different deal if, you, if you're running against somebody else. Uh, but we'll see. You know, like, I don't think there'll be any debates. If Biden is the nominee, I don't think there'll be any debates between him and Trump. But if somebody else is the nominee, they'll want to debate Trump. Uh, so we'll talk about that. Uh, and part of the whole speculation about Biden is what's, what exactly is, is up with him, what is actually going on with him. Uh, this whole deal where he's calling, you know, black men boy is, e- even if you were the worst racist in the world, it's 2023, you would know not to say that. So why, why does he keep saying it? I, I think he's in panic mode. I, I think he is trying so hard to convince everyone that he is not one that, it's like a, a, a political version of Tourette's syndrome. You know, he just he, he just defaults to it. it. It's like when you are trying not to, I don't know. I, I, I think of silly examples like, <clears throat> um, you know, Chevy Chase and Fletch, where he can't take his eyes off this big hairy mole in this person's face. You know, and you just blurt out stuff that refers to it when you're trying to ignore it and not acknowledge it. And it's just, to me, Biden is a guy that is trying very, very hard to not be a racist. Whether that means he is one or not, that, that would explain the, the, the way he blurts it out. And, and to me, and again, I don't, I don't want us to go too far down the conspiracy road, but you just, almost everything going on right now, has like these deflection explanations. People talk about the border. I get I get asked this all the time. Uh, th- why don't they just do something about the border? It's unpopular. Even the, even his fellow Democrats are telling him. But to me, there's always like some other explanation for why the chaos and the unpopularity of the open border has to continue for a while. Yes, they know that it's costing them politically yes they know that people are waking up yes they know that they're losing uh people even in their own base the democrats i mean so there's something else going on with that right and we'll see what it is eventually i feel like we're being held against our will i feel like this is a gigantic i know i sound like a conspiracy theory pez dispenser today but i mean pumpkin spice came out of nowhere did it not I mean, you remember like 10 or 20 years ago, we didn't know what that was. You had pumpkin pie and you had pumpkins. And pumpkin pie is awesome. 
And pumpkins are gross. Have you ever you ever just like tasted raw pumpkin pulp? It's terrible. It's vile. You have to hold your nose when you carve a pumpkin. And then all of a sudden, everything was pumpkin spice flavored, and we all wanted it, and everybody wants it. And, hey, everybody, great news. Pumpkin spice is back. And we were like, what do you mean it's back? What is it? I'll tell you what it is. It's just a bunch of spices. It's like a dustpan full of all the spices in the spice rack. But have you noticed everything has to be pumpkin? Oh, fall is here, and that means pumpkin-spiced tires. Pumpkin-spiced, you know, mouthwash. pumpkin And I guess there are people that like it. Or do they just think they like it? What if this is like some giant uh, mass marketing hypnosis uh, kind of thing, right? And I don't even know. I mean, I, I was thinking, like, what, what would I associate with fall? Not that we're having fall weather. It's 100 degrees. But what would I associate with fall? And I don't know. Like, to me, there's other stuff that I associate with fall. Like, coming from up north, I, I used to love the the smell of, like, a burn barrel or the burning leaves when people would burn their, their all their leaves. Man, it was an amazing smell. You remember that? You ever experienced that? Or, you know, something like maybe somebody cooking a brisket slow and low, you know. It's a great smell. And if you want a flavor for fall, how about apple cider? I love apple cider. Have you ever had, like, apple cider donuts or apple cider cookies? Those are the best. But somehow the memo went out. It's pumpkin spice. I'm not on board with it. You can you can have mine. You can have mine. 210-599-5555. All right, so we're talking about the ABC News Washington Post poll. Do you believe the poll that has Trump up 51 to 42%? Or do you feel like you're being played? Is there some kind of push action going on here? I even wonder if, um, I mean, if you were the, the Democratic news media, wouldn't it make sense to lull Trump voters into a feeling of, I don't know, what, what would the word be, uh, complacency or assuredness, like, hey, yeah, your guy's doing great. Yeah, Biden is old and confused, and the economy's terrible. Yeah, yeah, don't worry. You, you, you guys are going to do great. Like, I don't want you to feel that way. Whether you support Trump or somebody else doesn't matter. Do not get complacent. And if anything, what really should be happening right now, if you're hoping for regime change next year, the Republicans need to get a lot of pressure and take a lot of heat about their early voting game, their vote harvesting game, ballot harvesting rather, and all of that. They need to be out there with the skills and the plan and the team and the scheme to take advantage of all these newfangled post-COVID election rules. Since they did not change them or successfully challenge them, they better figure out how to use them. And I would run like you were 20 points behind, not 10 points ahead. I mean, I'm not even getting into the whole, will they allow the Republicans to win speculation, but... Um, Anything that, that makes 
uh, Republican voters or Trump voters feel confident and secure, and I, I'm against. I'm against. I want you to be um, on edge and feel a sense of urgency and uh, feel like the Republicans aren't doing enough, and I want you to be mad at Ron McDaniel. Is that her name? McDaniel? Something like that. Yeah. Ronna, whatever her name is. Help me, Ronna. Uh, so that's where I'm at. You can tell me, 210-599-5555. Um, the border situation, we talked about that. That continues to be uh, horrendous. I saw a video just before the show of a big group of illegal immigrants, I mean hundreds. Uh, this was at Eagle Pass, and they basically just rushed the border patrol and they they got across the river and they were on the bank and up against so they had the river at their back and they had the the razor wire in front of them so they were perched on this strip of basically beach and uh you know abbott has been putting the razor wire down and the feds have been cutting it and he's been putting more down and they've been cutting it and um the way the story that I looked at read, the uh, Border Patrol cut the wire because the people were trapped, and it was like a standoff. And I was thinking, because I don't, I don't consider myself a cruel person, and I, I'm sure you don't consider yourself a cruel person. Um, I'm not mad at the people that are coming. I'm not mad at their effort and their... their um, uh, determination to come i get it i I am mad at the politicians that are playing games with this but i'm not mad at the people that want to come but i was thinking what this really comes down to and and you see it with these border patrol men and women is that most americans when they see somebody in trouble when they see somebody in danger when they see somebody in a very uncomfortable circumstance, their inclination, their their instinct is to help them. Everybody involved knows that. You are not running toward a border that is hostile or uh, staffed by people that are uh, hostile. It's a terrible thing to put these these men and women in this position, right? They're they themselves are parents, they're human, and they're like, I don't know what to do. I guess we got to help these people. It's not the right policy, obviously, and it's only going to lead to more people taking more chances. But that's what they're counting on. And that's what the Democrats are counting on. That's what the media are counting on. That basically, when you put good people whether they're Texas National Guard or Border Patrol or CBP or whatever, when you put people like that in a situation that is impossible and agonizing and sympathetic, they're just going to break down and and do the humane thing. It's a very cynical um, kind of manipulative approach, right? I mean... It is taking advantage of human nature and and reading human nature exactly right. 
so that no matter what order you gave, no matter what you said, these are human beings, and they're going to respond that way. It's very cynical. I guess um, i got to be careful how I say this. Women in the workplace, it's a whole conversation. They can be rough on each other. So Kristen Welkin is the new, uh, or Welker, excuse me, is the new anchor for uh, Meet the Press on NBC. And we talked about this last week. Her first interview was with Donald Trump. That was how she, you know, inaugurated her, you know, hosting of, of Meet the Press. And Katie Couric was at the uh, Texas Tribune Festival over the weekend. Now, Katie Couric used to work for NBC News. She worked for all of them, right? And I'm not even sure what she's doing now. But um, it came up at the talk she was giving, uh, this interview that Donald Trump did with uh, Kristen Welker. All you have to say is something nice and supportive. This is your former colleague. No, no. Katie Couric threw her under the bus. Uh, said that uh, she didn't handle it very well, Welker, because she normalized Trump. She allowed him to be outspoken and to rant and blurt out a lot of stuff that may or may not have been accurate. And I want to play for you what she says she would have done if she'd been, imagine how pathetic this is, you know, like, oh, well, if I'd been there, if they'd had a professional like myself, uh, this is her explaining how to journalism, cut number one, listen to this. I think that if I had been the producer of the Meet the Press interview, what I would have done is I would have, to the best of my ability, and I think Kristen tried to, to come back at him, but I would have had so many facts and figures ready and I would have been really focused on predicting what he was going to say so I knew like I would have had I don't know I would have some system we are here to to get the truth and I think unfortunately through all his bluster and bravado and bullying he he gets he gets his way and I think he has to be held accountable so I like that they videotaped it, but to do a fact check after the fact um, and to do it online, it just doesn't work. So if I had been producing that, I would have done these interstitials and corrected the record in real time as the interview aired. Wow. Um, That's a fascinating approach, Katie. Um, So you would have essentially... In interviewing a politician, uh, been so prepared and fact-checked him so aggressively that you would have actually interrupted answers and and superimposed on the screen corrections of fact. I I like that. I'm just curious, why does it only occur to you people to do that with Trump? That's actually what you should be doing with all of them, including Biden. Imagine if they'd covered Bill Clinton that way during, I don't know, Monica Lewinsky and the Ken Starr investigation. Hmm. Huh. Well. 
or at any time during the eight years of Barack Obama. Like, I'm going to have to stop you right there because your facts are wrong, your statistic is wrong, that's not what the Constitution says. You don't have the power to do that. Here's what he actually said. Here's a, here's a graphic. Here's a... Here's a well, I mean, I love that they still somehow deep in their craniums, they get what they're supposed to do. But they only they think they're only supposed to do it with Trump. Because otherwise they are quote unquote normalizing him. She says um that he blusters and overrides uh, the people that are questioning him. Um, Didn't we just play on Friday the clip of KJP refusing to call on Peter Ducey? Just, I'm I'm not talking to you. And remember when, in the past, when, um, like the Hillary campaign would rope off reporters so they couldn't get too close to her. I didn't hear this, we need to challenge this, we need to come at them. So besides the the sort of catty, bitchy, I could have done that much better than the young Miss Welker, which is just a low-class move by Katie Couric anyway. I mean, you had your time. You know, you had a good you had a good run. You were very popular on the Today Show. I'm not taking that away from you. You were America's darling. I get it. It must be hard now. You think you should still be in the game, and they, you know, you worked at all the networks. But, but the other thing I think is so funny about this is that they have the right idea, but they think it only applies to Trump. I'm not complaining about how they cover Trump. I'm not. I know a lot of people do. I'm just saying cover them all that way. Cover everybody that way. Bring that skepticism. Bring that I'm not going to let you get away with an incorrect fact. I'm going to fact check you. I've, I've done the homework. I mean, you can do it. you got 10 minutes with a politician. He doesn't know what you're going to ask. You, you know what you're going to ask. You can have all your stuff lined up. You can have graphs and charts and slides and sound bites. And, and then she went on to say that she thought it was unfair that they had thrown Kristen Welker into this situation because she's a woman and Trump is a sexist and he rolls over women. I, I have news for you. Um, all politicians roll over interviewers if you let them. If you let them. Just cover them all the way you cover Trump. Is it too much to ask? Apparently it is. Um, I I will tell you, uh, we have uh, the poll question, as always, at KTSA.com or when you call into the show at 210-599-5555. Do you believe the poll that all the networks are talking about? It's an ABC Washington Post poll, but everybody's made it their top story. Could it really be? Is it true? Does Trump lead Biden? By double digits? Well, yeah, of course it could be true. Uh, Biden's brain has liquefied. He's wandering around in circles. He, um, If this was a relative, you'd be having a family meeting. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to just get, get right to it. This is family meeting time in most families. We need to talk. Everybody needs to come over to the house. 
Uh, we, we need a plan. We need to intervene. We need to take the keys to the Corvette. Um, so, yeah, I can believe that, that Trump could be way ahead. You know, the other thing about Trump, you got to remember, you can tell people only so much about how he's evil and he's worse than Hitler and all that, but the worse this, this inflation gets, the worse the economy gets, the more people just remember, well, uh, I was doing pretty well. That's the, that's the fascinating thing. All Trump needs is people to remember the years 2017, 2018, 2019. Now, the question is, does he have the discipline to keep reminding them of that, to stick to that message? We, we just did it. I'm not talking about 40 years ago and harking back to your grandparents' time. We just had a we just had an economy that worked. We just had energy independence. We just had groceries you could afford and gasoline you could afford. So yeah, I mean, I, I can believe that people are having some, you know, buyer's remorse, nostalgia, what have you. But I also think if you're the Washington Post, if you're ABC News, and you're very bought into the the Biden presidency, you produced it, you facilitated it, you spread the, the mythology of, of Joe Biden. Why are you now reporting this poll? Why not just cook it or spike it? Stick it in the file cabinet. I guess they don't do that anymore, but you know. Whatever the modern day equivalent of a file cabinet is, put it in the digital file cabinet. My point is, why are they reporting it? Well, they're reporting it, I think, because the agenda in the Democratic Party and the Democratic media is we need to we need an escape plan, we need a an alternative, and things like turning on Hunter, things like uh, saying finally saying out loud, "Yeah, the border is a disaster." And then reporting that the president is way underwater in his poll numbers. That's that's how you get there. That's 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 how it begins. 210-599-5555. I think this was a swing and a miss. Um, it, it sounds like a good idea on paper. Well, let, let me tell you what they did, and, and I, want, I know what you think of it. Tell me what you think of it. The New York Post took a reporter... And they dressed him up like John Fetterman. Or dressed him down like John Fetterman. So they put him in the hoodie and the gym shorts. and They made him look schlubby. And then they sent him out to all these fancy places to see if he could get in. All these high-dollar restaurants in, in Midtown and trendy restaurants. The places that, you know, have waiting lists and you need reservations and you have to know somebody and... So they, they wanted to see if he could get in dressed like John Fetterman. So he would just show up and see what the maitre d' or host or hostess would say, and they all turned him down, or most of them turned him down. Uh, some of them were kind of snooty about it. 
Some of them were kind of humorously uh, shocked about it. <laughs> like they were rendered speechless by his appearance. Like one, one woman said, no one has ever tried to come in looking like you. Um, a few of them said, uh, hey, you, it's fine. You know, you can wear whatever you want. You just have to wear clothes, but we, we don't have a, a standard. So that's what they did. Um, and I guess the point was to say, see, uh, Fetterman isn't dressed well enough for the Senate because he's not dressed well enough for these, uh, you know, fine French restaurants in New York City. I, I think that misses the point. I think that misses the point. That's actually favorable to what Fetterman is doing. His brand is, I don't want to be with the rich people. I don't want to be, I don't want to look like, act like, hobnob with the snobs. I, I'm, I'm one of you. So I, I get what they were trying to do, but I think it blew up in their face. I think it totally backfired. They're making the point that we should be glad Fetterman is dressed down. Because he's one of us. Because we don't go to these places. We can't even get into these places. I I don't think, as I said last week, I, I don't think people are um, as scandalized by how he's dressing as Republicans and conservatives think they should be. Like, I, I've heard people in talk radio go into this whole outrage performance. This is a travesty, you know. I, to me, the way I look at it is, it's not the clothes, it's the hypocrisy. You've got people like Schumer who are going to continue to dress in business suits. Chuck Schumer's not going to come in all of a sudden like he's playing pickup basketball. We know this. I don't even. I I would imagine people like Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell don't even own hoodies, right? There's not even a hoodie in their closet. So they, the problem is not what Fetterman's wearing. The problem is the the BS they're pushing off on us, just to cover for him, just to just to keep him in office because they've got a one seat majority. That's what people have noticed. Just like they've noticed that. We're not supposed to see or observe the physical and mental failings of the president, of the Senate minority leader, of the former Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, when she was the Speaker. Oh, she's great. She's a legislative ninja. No, she's not well. Yeah, so I, I think sending people out in Fetterman Halloween costumes is not, that's not the point. I'm sure a lot of people looked at him and said, well, I dress like that sometimes, so I'm not going to be offended that he's dressing that way. I don't think you should dress that way in the Senate, but I'm not ever going to be a senator, so I'm never going to have to address that or deal with that. The, the angle is the hypocrisy. The angle is the you, you lied to get him in there, you knew, you knew he couldn't do the job. You knew he was in worse shape than you admitted. You scolded people for even speculating about it. 
He gets across the finish line. He gets elected. As soon as he gets in there, he has to be hospitalized. He has to take a months-long leave of absence. We get all these announcements about his diminished capabilities and all these provisions and, and um, uh, allowances that have to be made for him. It was, you know, false advertising. That's the issue. Not the hoodie. Charles is on the radio. Charles, good afternoon. Hey, Jack, how are you today? Good, sir. How you doing? Good. On the poll, I hope, and we already know that there's enough American people out there that are going to vote for RRD. But surely there's enough American people out there that realize that our government has, is taking us down. I, I don't understand why and where we are in our country anymore. Um, my dad was born in 21. He raised me to listen to everybody and realize everybody's opinion counts. Mm -hmm. But when it all boils down to, you're the one that has to make the decision. Mm -hmm. So don't really listen to everybody else's opinion until you decide your own. So surely these polls, people will realize that they're skewed. I, I just can't, I can't imagine how after all these years of voting myself and, and making all these things, I realize how much our government has taken away from us. And I, I, it's skewed. And like you said, it's skewed for a reason. Well, I mean, this one is different, right? Like I, I don't remember the last time we saw a national poll with one side or the other up by this much. So well, yeah, it's usually, what it's I'm usually what I'm used to seeing is oh it's very close it's so close it's too close to call and and I think they like that because that keeps us tuned into the coverage and the you know it keeps the right on the edge and the left on the edge and if you're cable news you want people to think you know oh it could go either way so that's what got me thinking why would you report a poll that shows a landslide I don't know I've tried to and, and I've tried to tell everybody you can't listen to the national news. You need to listen to talk radio. If you don't listen to talk radio, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what channel you listen to. It doesn't matter what station. You have to listen to talk radio because you can't. Well, I would even say news. thank you for saying that. I, I love that. I appreciate that, obviously. But I, I think we just need to think logically and not be spoon-fed from, from anybody, from, from any source, from any side of the debate. Um, and I appreciate what you said, Charles. Thank you. I, I do. Um, I would just say this, I guess. I, there must be Democrats who um, can, can agree to these two things, can, can stipulate to these two things. First, you're, yes, you're a Democrat, you're a liberal, but things were not that bad under Trump. Okay, Trump's presidency was not bad for you, was not bad for your interests. Okay. It was primarily a time of a strong economy, low prices, energy independence. It was not um, a handmaid's tale. It was not some sort of dystopia of, uh, you know, <laughs> where, 
where no one had any rights or anything. There weren't there weren't uh, mobs of uh, you know uh, paramilitaries roaming the streets. The country wasn't on fire. That all started in 2020 with George Floyd and COVID and the run up to the election. But the three the first three years under Trump were not bad. That's point one. Point two. You can see that Biden is not there, right? Like, if you need to vote for a Democrat, if you think we need another Democratic administration, fine. But you can't expect me to take you seriously and and even want to, like, debate it or engage with you if you are going to pretend that he's okay. I mean, he wasn't okay when he was okay. I mean, we remember, we've played enough of the audio in the past. I don't want to go over it and over it, but Biden in the 80s was a trip. He spoke quickly and fluidly, but he was lying his butt off. He was plagiarizing. He was bloviating. Like you're doing right now, Jack. Yes, but but my point is, this guy wasn't even great when he was at his peak. And right now, the brain is is... Is just not all there. I'm not trying to be mean. Like I said before, if this was your family, if this was a family member, you'd you'd want to get together with loved ones and have some real talk. But you you gotta admit, if you're a Democrat, like like Charles said, even if you're somebody that just votes for the letter after the name, you gotta admit, A you're you're selling a version of the Trump years that no one remembers that did not happen and secondly your your current standard bearer is not up to the job these last 3 years are the worst 3 years i've ever seen this country have every single measurement of it every aspect of it is a complete bleep show and whatever you thought of trump and whatever disagreements you had with the people he appointed or the way he talked it was freaking paradise compared to this i mean come on now i'm not saying you have to support him or put on a maga hat if you're not going to do that if you if you can't do that fine but at least have the 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 honesty to say, yeah, we need to find another Democratic leader. We need to find another nominee. We need to find a governor, a senator, a, a person with, you know, who still has it going on, who doesn't call black men boy, like like he's at some, you know, Klan rally or something. I mean, you you, you can't tell me this is the best your side has, and you know it isn't. So you're just whistling past the graveyard. You're just bluffing. And I think we'd be a lot better off, frankly, if if we could at least acknowledge those two things. That life under Trump was very good, even for people that didn't vote for him and didn't like him. And these last three years, no matter who you voted for, have been a nightmare. I mean, I, I don't think that's hard to do. I don't think that should be hard to say. You tell me. 
that was a weird weekend in the NFL. I mean, I'm I'm not taking anything away. I mean, nothing was weirder than the Cowboys Cardinals game, but you had Miami drop 70 on Denver. They are in so much trouble there. That that franchise is in so much trouble because what did they do, right? They first they went out and got Russell Wilson. You know, the answer, right? And then when that wasn't the answer, they went and got they, they got the coach that was considered the, the the guy you had to have. Everybody wanted him, Sean Payton. So now they've gotten the, the quarterback and the coach. They're awful. So that's going on. Just all all over the schedule was just weird outcomes and upsets and good teams aren't playing well and kind of bad teams are overachieving. You know, Indianapolis, what? And then, even like my Patriots, that was just, I don't know if you saw any of that game, that was so ugly. Have you ever watched two teams, both of whom are trying to lose a game? Yeah, just ugly. So so that, I guess that's good for the Cowboys. They, they're not stinking um, all by themselves. They're, they're, they're surrounded by chaos and unpredictability. And then college football, was that was a crazy weekend. I've had a lot of people come at me, I think mostly kind of playfully, like, what do you think about Colorado and Deion Sanders now? Um, I I think they lost to the number 10 team. You know, I think they lost like I would expect them to lose. Um, I never, I never thought I'm, I'm on, you know, I'm on board with the buffs, but I I didn't think they were going to have an undefeated season or make the playoffs or anything like that. I just, I think he's made them a much, not only a better football team, but a much more um, sort of positive, excited football program. Like, they're going to be able to recruit, and the fan base is jazzed. People are excited. People are going. People are watching the games. The networks are getting great ratings, putting them on television. So, I mean, it's all still good, but he's not going to win every game, and he knows that, and he said that. So, um, Actually, uh Oregon, and then next week I think is USC. The, the, those are two really tough games. I, I think it would be a shocker if you could win either one of them. So. 210-599-5555 or jack at ktsa.com. Again, I apologize. We have had a lot of technical issues today with both over the air and on the stream. We're working on it. appreciate your patience. We're all having to be patient about this. So we were saying before the break – why can't even dyed-in-the-wool Democrats just admit life under Trump, while he was not your guy, while he annoyed you and aesthetically offended you, the country was doing well, you were doing well, you liked what you were paying for groceries and gas, You might have you might have had issues with other things, but the basics, the stuff that where the rubber meets the road, the country was doing well. Got to admit that. Got to admit, these last three years have not been good. And the guy running it or or claiming to run it isn't there. You know that. And then we can go from there. I'm not asking you to to become a Republican or a Trump supporter or anything like that. 
just, just, just let's be honest, okay? Let's just be honest. This isn't what we have now is not working. Yelling and screaming that he must be kept in office, that that will save democracy. That, that that's a ridiculous position. He's gone. I'm not even sure that it's accurate to say he's too old. To be more precise, his mind is not working. And because he can't do simple things like walk on and off a stage, we know he's not really making the decisions that are billed as his policies, which in turn starts to make us wonder, well, who's really running things? Like, I can handle that I don't like the policy if I know who's making it. But this is like the Wizard of Oz administration. Don't look behind the curtain. And um, Biden is embarrassing when he lies or exaggerates or makes stuff up. But how much worse is it when people that know they're lying are repeating the lie? Like these nights, these late night comedians and these enablers on cable news. So I'm just, just can we just be honest about it? Now again, we can still disagree on issues. We can still disagree on, um, you know, abortion or 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 all these other things. You can you can tell me you 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 want uh, the Green New Deal or whatever it is, but we need to start if, if we're gonna if we're gonna all get along, we need to start with some baseline of honesty he's not in charge he can't be in charge and you have to admit the country was doing better before 2020 and we're asking you on the jr poll today do you believe the abc washington post poll and i could believe it but i could also believe that this is part of the you know laying the groundwork for biden to step aside from the nomination he would stay as president but he would announce that for the good of the country he was going to agree to a new democratic nominee and um give his blessing to the convention anointing adopting a new ticket that will have to be forced on him i believe I think a poll like this is part of how you force it. But in my lifetime, I've never seen people in the political party of an incumbent president so openly uh, maneuvering against him. They didn't do it with Carter, and Carter was rough, and Carter had a primary challenger. Ted Kennedy was, was a declared, legitimate, high-name recognition a challenger, and even then, there wasn't the kind of open maneuvering to get rid of Carter that there is right now to get rid of Biden by Democrats. By Democrats, Steve is on the radio two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Steve, good afternoon. Jack, good afternoon. I would absolutely agree with a previous caller who said, 
you have to listen to talk radio. If you're not listening to talk radio, you're not getting the news, whether that's by omission or straight out lies. But you have to add all kinds of other non-mainstream media network news. And by that, I mean things like Newsmax and OAN, but also podcasts from Joe Rote. Rogan and, and a lot of other guys, and you hear those things, and you, you hear stories, because when you hear those things, you hear stories that you're not hearing, and you're going, why am I not hearing that? And then you go, I need to look more. I need to research more. I, I need to look more. But mm-hmm. that, none of it matters, Jack. I, I love it when you guys, any talk radio, anybody out there on any any forum at all uses the words common sense and logic and rational and reality. I love hearing those words, but none of it matters because the Democrat party long ago jumped the shark and, and, and they today are all in on party first party over their families, party over their country, party over their freedoms, party over their rights, party over truth and reality. Mm -hmm. They're all in. It doesn't matter whether it's Biden or Pelosi or Clinton or it doesn't matter. It doesn't. Well, you're making you're making my point, Steve. I mean, this is why this is why a this is why Democrats are willing to replace Biden. And it's also why Democrats are willing to replace Menendez, because they know that the replacement can still be a Democrat. So it's not that they're doing the right thing or they've come to their senses or they've reached their limit. It's just these are safe substitutions to make because they won't lose the seat but in reality jack their their replacements could be the biggest plagiarizing, lying criminal feeding corrupt and their voters the democrat voters the angry about everything voter for the democrat party hate everything democrat but well they're gonna vote democrat party no matter who is up there they're, they're all, it's party over their children, their own flesh and blood, their own heirs. Mm-hmm. They put mm-hmm. party above it, party mm-hmm. above country, party above rights, party above everything. Do you think, though, do you think, Steve, that some people, because remember now, we've had generations come through the public school system. We've had generations grow up under consolidated media ownership where there's, just a few companies that own all the main platforms, okay? And the tech world is, all, all, you know, in the higher education world, all of these institutions are solidly, exclusively left-wing. Do you think that a lot of people believe that the Democratic Party is the best thing for their children, their flesh, their blood, their their values? I mean, what else could they think? I mean, you're... You're trying to challenge them, but you're going up against everything they've ever heard, everything they've ever learned. Well, they, again, you're, you're exactly right. They know, they know, but their hate for this country, for everything about this country, all they think about is the mistakes we've made and focus nothing on the, the good for the world, for the planet, for everything that we have done and we continue to do. They see none of that. They are mm-hmm. they're 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 blinded by hate and anger and and, and vengeance. It's it's the 
ruthless in that quest that they are going to bring this country down because we don't deserve to be where we are today. We never have deserved it. We're the worst thing that could have ever happened to this planet that they're they're that they would put everything above their even their oh, own I, I'm not I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you, Steve. All, all I'm saying is you got to you got to keep in mind, and I appreciate your call. You, you got to keep in mind how we get to this point. I I do, I don't disagree with Steve, but I don't want to gloss over generations of ingrained training, uh, and, and not just like in school, but all the ways you learn about the world. You're watching a sitcom, you're, you're at a movie, you're at a concert, you're sitting in the benches of a church. All the places and all the ways that somebody is getting in there, you know, and, and giving you ideas and giving you ways to think about things. Everything you consume, you know, you are what you eat, right? There's, there's generations of Americans who can't see this any other way. They can't. It's not their fault. I would just point out to them the two things I mentioned earlier, which no matter how much training you've had, no matter how much indoctrination you've had, you can't miss these two things. One, you really weren't doing bad from 2017 to 2020. You know you weren't. You don't have to say it out loud. Just nod once. You know you weren't. Two, this is not working right now. On any level, any of these people... None of this is working. You know it. You may not want to make a 180, but you know there needs to be a course correction. You know it. You know, there's something about uh, being around like-minded people that we all find very comforting, right? I mean, you, you, you want to watch the game with other fans of your team. You want to go to church with your friends and family. You want to uh, talk politics with people you know, share your values. So we all like the affirmation of the crowd of the you know our allies all i would and 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 so i i know people will never do this in a group or in a crowd just in the privacy of your car when you're standing out on the back porch with a cup of coffee first thing in the morning whatever just let's let's just be honest about how how things are going and that it's not sustainable. And I read a piece on an um, automotive blog called Jalopnik. And it's about this. I, I had not heard of this before. It's called the Harris Ranch Supercharger. And it's this huge EV charging station between L.A. and San Francisco. It's like the Bucky's of electric vehicles. There's 98 charging terminals at this huge location to help people not have range anxiety driving between L.A. and San Francisco and their electric uh, Teslas. But the article talks about how they power Harris Ranch. It's a diesel generator. So I understand, like, when you're with your fellow EV drivers, you're all feeling great about it, but does it not bother you privately that this is a, a mirage, this is a charade? Um, and I noticed, and we haven't talked about this yet, 
Uh, today, Ford announced they're pausing their big battery plant in Michigan, which was their big corporate initiative for next year to build EV batteries in the United States. And last week, the prim- Prime Minister of uh, Great Britain uh, came out and said they were going to have to push back their uh, deadline for mandating EVs, that there was no way to make. I think theirs was going to be 2030. And this guy's a big greenie, but he said it. We can't, we can't do it. It's not going to happen. And I've been reading here and there in other countries and in the EU, they're starting to question the dates and the deadlines that they gave themselves, that these are, these are self-imposed. So that's what I'm saying. Just let's maybe as a, as a small start, just privately, a little bit of logic, a little bit of truth, and, you know, then we can go from there. We can still disagree. On today's River City Oral Surgery, J.R. Poll question coming up uh, at the end of this hour. Do you believe the ABC Washington Post poll that shows former President Donald Trump leading President Joe Biden uh, by 10 points? And the reason we're asking this is because no other survey has shown, not only in this uh, cycle, but frankly in the last couple, has shown anybody with that kind of a lead. So either this one is an outlier and maybe bad data, bad sample, something like that, or the, the you know what, is hitting the fan for Biden and the Democrats. Or, or maybe, just maybe, this kind of push polling, push reporting is part of how you gradually get people used to the idea and and get Team Biden used to the idea that uh, he has to go. And um, when you see the number of prominent people in the media and the Democratic Party addressing Biden's age and mental status, and when you realize that the Washington Post and ABC News didn't have to run this poll they could take it and look at it and stash it you start to get the feeling that we're all being played a little bit here we're all being manipulated a little bit here and in fact i think that's what most polling is news organizations now rely on reporting their polls as if their polls are news stories which they're not well, it's news that we did a poll. No, it isn't. I mean, there is no news regarding this election right now. There haven't been any primaries or caucuses. No one has voted. But they want a narrative, so they they do they they conduct and, and publicize polls and then analyze them to death. And in this case, I think maybe an added advantage is, well, we got to get Democrats used to the idea that it's going to be Newsom or it's going to be Kamala Harris. It, it can't be Joe Biden. So we have to show that he can't win. 210-599-5555. And, and um, I, think it's, I think it's funny that the, the other big political story today 
is Senator Menendez from New Jersey. All these Democrat, all these brave Democrats are calling for him to resign. Well, you know what? It's a Democratic state, and they have a Democratic governor. And if he does resign, he'll be replaced by a Democrat. I'll tell you what's brave. Brave is when people in a political party risk the seat falling into the other party's hands because they just want to say the right thing or do the right thing. Brave would be, hey, we're willing to, we might lose our majority. The Senate might fall into a tie. That would be brave. But that's not what's happening here. And Menendez is a, a, a millstone around their neck. He, he's, he's an embarrassment. They're only too happy to give him the heave-ho. It's kind of like Republicans are with certain Republican senators. Like you, You'll notice people are quick to say, oh, that Mitch McConnell, they ought to get rid of him, because they know they're just going to get another Republican. It's not like it will matter in the mathematics of things. So, anyway. 210-599-5555. Another issue that I think is interesting to watch is immigration. There's been really dire and shocking reporting today and tonight uh, out of Eagle Pass. Uh, you have mainstream corporate media outlets like CNN using the word overrun. 11,000 illegal immigrant crossings in a 24-hour period. Not too many years ago, under the Obama administration, Jay Johnson, their Homeland Security Secretary, said a 1,000 in a month would be extremely heavy, his words. We had 11,000 in 24 hours. So you would think, maybe, that we're approaching, uh, that we're approaching kind of like a, a tipping point, right? Like this is going to be the moment, or we're coming to the moment when everybody realizes, hey, we can't screw around with this anymore. But that's not what's happening. I noticed that I think it's now Massachusetts and New York, Democratic governors, have both called out their national or their state guard to deal with their migrant crisis, as they call it. Only what it means in Massachusetts and New York is that their state guard will help process and get work permits faster for the illegal immigrants. Not what you were thinking, right? Not not what you would think an emergency call-up would mean. They're basically, their response to the quote-unquote crisis is, we've got to process these people into the country faster. We've got to get them set up. we got to pay them, get them working faster. They think the crisis is that the country is not is not absorbing illegal immigrants quickly enough. I don't think most people view that as the crisis. I don't think if you were to stop 10 people on the street, they would say, yeah, but we really need to get them work permits. The, the disconnect is incredible. So just when you think we're reaching a tipping point or a breaking point on a particular issue, you're reminded that even at that moment, there's more than one way to, you know, there's there's more than one um, reality to that situation. 
I, I don't know what it would take for Democrats to have a realization about that. It would probably take losing an election. Can you think of anything else? Well, I mean, not that losing an election would guarantee it. But in the past, when they've gone through lean years, like under Reagan, their conclusion was they needed to move toward the center. That's how we got Bill Clinton. We got Bill Clinton, who vaulted over the heads of a lot of other more senior, prestigious libs, because they thought, you know what, our party's gone too far to the left, and we got to get these Reagan Democrats back and say what you want about Clinton, but he was good at that, he did that. So they'd have to lose probably an election or two, and badly, because you know that they'll be cheating and rigging. But short of that, I don't know what else it would take. So right now, their view of what you are concerned about is very different from yours. You're like, how can we have this many people coming into the country? We don't know who they are. We don't know where they're going. We don't have uh, any control over this. It's incredibly dangerous. Their view, these Democratic governors, is, yeah, it is dangerous because these people aren't getting work permits and driver's licenses fast enough. It's it's almost comical. Poll question up for you at KTSA.com. Do you believe the ABC News Washington Post poll that shows Trump with a double-digit lead over Biden? I'm not asking you if you want to believe it, but do you believe it? Because I know a lot of people say, I don't believe in any of these polls, Jack. I I never trust them. I, 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 I think they're all skewed and cooked and biased and so do you think this one is as well and if so why would they put out a set of numbers that would seem to have only one well maybe two (laughs) i was gonna say there's only one conclusion you could draw democrats gotta dump biden but i guess the other conclusion you could draw as well or republicans should get cocky and complacent and lean back and just await victory i could see that too right mayo clinic has updated the guidance on their website for hydroxychloroquine it reads hydroxychloroquine is used to treat malaria It is also used to prevent malaria infection in areas or regions where it is known that other medicines may not work. Hydroxychloroquine may also be used to treat coronavirus, in parentheses, COVID-19, in certain hospitalized patients. I'm not a doctor or an expert. I wonder when they made this change. I wonder why they made this change. I wonder about all the people that were calling it horse paste and horse medicine and all that. I mean, it kind of goes back to what we've talked about before with COVID. There's never been and apparently there never will be that kind of Nuremberg trials reckoning where people are forced to confront 
what they said and did and and um, participated in, where we demand explanations. Why? What were you thinking? When did you realize you were wrong? Did you know all along? And if you don't force people who have participated in great injustice, and there was great injustice during COVID, if you don't force a reckoning on the people that did it, they will do it again. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a stretch, but had there not been trials and reckoning in post-war Nazi Germany, who's to say that the Germans in another 10 or 15 years wouldn't have put the Nazis back in? I mean, if it's important that people didn't die in vain, if it's important that people didn't suffer in vain, then I think you got to have that reckoning. And I'm, I think we have not had it, and I think that's the problem. 210-599-5555. thought this was an interesting story. More than 200 students at Auburn University... Auburn is in, uh, I believe, Alabama, right? <clears throat> More than 200 students at Auburn University were baptized in a single evening this week after a campus worship program that was attended by several hundred, including the school's head football coach. And that has brought uh, or drawn the ire of the Freedom From Religion Foundation, over the weekend, the FRFF, or FFRF, whatever they are, these effing people, whoever they are, uh, sent a letter to Auburn University President Christopher Roberts warning that the more than 200 student baptisms and the participation of Auburn head football coach Hugh Freeze violated the Establishment Clause of the Constitution. Quote, these ongoing and repeated constitutional violations at the university create a coercive environment that excludes those students who don't subscribe to Christian views being pushed onto players by their coaches. Okay. Um, for starters, I don't think people would go to a campus revival or a campus baptism against their will. If you were a non-believer at Auburn University, you didn't go to this, or you wouldn't go to it. You might not even know it was happening, but you wouldn't attend it. How is it being pushed on you? Did you know everything that was going on on your campus when you were in school? I certainly didn't. I might know where I was. I was I'm, at the, I'm at the hockey game. I'm at the basketball game. But I don't know everything else that's going on. It's not, it's not an issue. Therefore, it's not part of my life. But there's an even bigger problem with the FFRF complaint. All of a sudden, because students are being baptized, we have a problem. But when students are being propagandized, when we're talking to them about their gender, when we're giving them um, condoms and lube at you know, freshman orientation, 
that's fine. That's not pushing an agenda. That's not uh, flavoring or, or favoring a particular point of view. It's, it's the baptism. So imagine if, for example, in our public schools, our K-12 through schools, imagine if we found out that a teacher in a fourth-grade classroom was baptizing students. Had a, a basin of water, taking the plunge, praying, laying hands on. The spasm of secular outrage would be seismic, right? Now you know how we feel when we hear that the teacher is encouraging the student to change his pronouns or not tell mom and dad that you're identifying as a girl or a boy or whatever it is. See, it's... It's not difficult after all. You, you understood exactly what we were saying. You understood exactly what we were saying. I'm not, by the way, equating students at a college who are making a decision about their faith life and accepting Christ and being baptized. I'm not equating that with Johnny thinks he's a girl. I'm not saying those are the same thing. But it is almost comical that you could muster so much outrage for one and pretend you have no idea what people are objecting to with the other. Now, the other thing about this event at Auburn University, they're saying Auburn University is a public university. People like the FFRF object to and take offense at religion, faith uh, expression, everywhere. So it wouldn't matter what kind of a university Auburn was. These are the people who think that Catholic nuns should have to perform abortions at Catholic hospitals. I even find it interesting that there is a sort of um, insecurity about this event. Now, again, I don't know what the population of Auburn is. I'm sure it's in the five figures. 200 students were, were baptized. I, I would imagine that everybody else at Auburn just had a weekend, you know? How insecure do you have to be? How threatened do you have to be by Christian faith? to believe that everywhere you hear of it, get a whiff of it, you have to show up to fight it. I don't think that's just freedom from religion. Like I could understand if you were saying, I don't want anybody ever made uncomfortable, I don't want anyone ever coerced, I don't want, uh, I don't want a, a university to um, take advantage of I could I could see that. I could see that. You're acting like you're afraid these Christians might be onto something. Like if people find out about this, like it's 200 last weekend, it might be 400 in a couple of weeks. You're you're actually 
to me at least, you're confirming that there is something going on out there. And if you don't interpose yourself, if you don't put your foot down and drag out your phony, fake, non-existent separation of church and state, it's nowhere in the Constitution, but you pretend it is, if you don't, if you don't play that card vigorously, this, this thing might take off. I sometimes think the atheists have more faith in Christianity than the Christians do. They're worried about it. They're afraid of it. They feel it catching traction. They don't like the feeling that they lost 200 students who now might be out of reach for their brainwashing and their politicizing of this or that issue, who might now view their lives differently, who might now order their, their priorities differently. You know, when you baptize a baby, they're still just a baby. When you and I'm not I'm not belittling it or mocking it. I was baptized as a baby, but I don't remember it. I didn't make any big decisions that day. <laughs> I don't think. When you baptize an adult, that's a life-altering, life-changing, direction-changing moment. There's another term for it that some people use. It's not as in vogue as it used to be. They used to call it being born again. Sounds very dramatic, doesn't it? Seems to scare some people. It should. Results on our poll question, powered by River City Oral Surgery. Today is National One-Hit Wonder Day. I'm not sure why it's a holiday, but it's kind of cool. A lot of times people think um, of a song as a one-hit wonder because that artist did not have another equally big hit. But truly, a one-hit wonder is a band or an artist who only one time, at least in the United States, uh, had a hit that, you know, made the so-called top 40. And um, in some cases, they might have continued to have hits in other countries or in their home country. But we're talking about one-hit wonders in the United States. And I think one of the ones from the 80s that everybody always thinks of, and it's one of those earworm songs, was 1981, Tommy Two-Tone, 8675309. I mean... Right? Back when you didn't have to give the area code. So. Tommy Two Tone. All right. Um, this is an example of a band that, that did have hits in Europe but only had one big hit here in the United States. It was a huge hit. It was a huge music video. It was a sensation on MTV when it came out in 1985. The band Aha and Take On Me. Funky Town by Lip Sync in 1980, another one-hit wonder, number one song.
I um one that has a really cool story. Um, there was a band in the fifties that was asked by a record company <clears throat> who was going to sign them or thinking about it to make a demo record, meaning just just throw something together so we can hear how you guys sound. They went in a garage. They did one take on a song called Earth Angel. Earth Angel, Earth Angel, will you be mine, my darling dear? Love you all the time. I'm just a fool. The penguins. A fool in love with you. Sort of. I would say mainstay doo-wop song covered by a lot of other people. Only big hit for the Penguins. Um, we just played, I think, uh, what, last week when we did our 1966 countdown, uh, Question Mark and the Mysterians, 96 Tears, a one-hit wonder for them. song I really love from the early 70s that's never gone off the radio, stayed on the radio. It's just, it's just a, one of those great... Story songs by Billy Paul, Me and Mrs. Jones. Beautiful, beautiful song. Sometimes one-hit wonders are catchy and upbeat, and it just sounds like the beginning of something big. I think the Ides of March were that way in 1970 with Vehicle. Only hit for the eyes of March, but these guys went on to form bands like Survivor and Toto, so they weren't technically, I guess, one-hit wonders. Uh, another cool story, this was a big, big hit in the 80s, um, and the original was in German, and a uh, British band covered the song called Der Kommissar. The band was After the Fire. Great song, 1983. So those are some of the big one-hit wonders. People have tried to figure out over the years what the formula is, why certain um, songs don't lead to, you know, bigger things. I don't know. I don't have the answer. I, I couldn't tell you. I do know that. I do know that a lot of the time, um, when you think about songs that were one-hit wonders on the pop chart, these were artists that were successful. Like uh, one that I, I know of is Thelma Houston. She had one hit, uh, one big hit called Don't Leave Me This Way. It went to number one during the disco era. But, but I mean, Thelma Houston had a successful career, but her other hits were R&B uh, chart, you know, kind of hits. So sometimes it's just that you're on, you know, you're on the rock chart, you're on the R&B chart, you're on the country chart. So you do have a career. And then I think there's probably also people that, when you think about some one-hit wonders and the artist, like we think of like Bobby McFerrin, "Don't Worry, Be Happy." I mean, wh really, wh where else are you gonna, where else are you gonna go with that, that gimmick or that that sound, right? I mean, it kind of, it needed to kind of be one and done, and it was. So, some fun remembering these today, and there's lots of lists, and people have ranked them, and I don't know. I think I think the beauty of one-hit wonders is um, nobody can tell you what the best ones were or the 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 biggest ones were it's it's whichever ones you remember and um 
What do you remember? Do you have any that you remember? 210-599-5555. You can email me, jack at ktsa.com. Dexy's Midnight Runners. Sure. Who is Dexy? And what is a Midnight Runner? All right, on the uh, JR poll, powered by River City Oral Surgery, do you believe the ABC Washington Post poll that has Donald Trump up 52 to 42 over Joe Biden? 64% said yes. 36% said no. It's a poll about a poll. Who else could do that, right? Who else would do that? I don't know. So um, we've been so busy, we haven't had a chance to talk about the weekend. I hope you had a good weekend. Had a pretty nice weekend. Heard from a lot of people over the weekend about the pie question. Did you hear us talk about this on Friday? Do you remember this, Don Cooper? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. We're talking about uh, if you go to HEB or Walmart or any store with a bakery section, they sell whole pies in like a plastic clamshell package. I don't know if they baked them there or not, but it's supposed to look like they did. And then they, a lot of these places will also sell for convenience if you're a single person or whatever, a half pie. And I had gone into a HEB And I had picked up the half pie, and I was walking around with it, and I was going to check out. And then I thought, well, let me just go look. I'm just curious what the, you know, maybe if it's not that much more, I'll just get the whole pie. The whole pie was half the price. The whole pie was half the price of the half pie. I had a ton of email about this. Did you get an answer? some well so some people were like i i never knew that i didn't even notice that i didn't realize that and then there were people with theories and and i think everybody took a good swing at it there were some people who said um there's labor involved in cutting the pie but i don't think that would explain like twice the price right you know the pie cutter is a hard working dude but come on and then there were people that said, well, what if it's that when you cut the pie in half, it, like, spoils faster or doesn't stay fresh as long, so they have to, you know, account for that. But to me, that would still not explain making it twice the price because you, it's not going to sell it any faster. And then I did have a lady named Beth who said, I'm guessing that your half pie was half of a bigger pie. So when you looked at the half, it was half of a 10-inch, and the whole pie you looked at was an 8-inch. And she attached screenshots. So that isn't a good theory, except it, my, in my case it wasn't true, because I even overlaid them, because I, I thought that too. Like if you were getting half of a premium pie with a fancier crust or fancier topping or more fruit or it's organic or whatever, uh, maybe, maybe this was half of the same pie. Hmm. 
Did you get any thoughts on the uh, con- the container? Maybe maybe mm-hmm. half the pie plate uh, costs more than the the full pie plate. Maybe. maybe? I, I did have somebody say that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm and I, and by the way, all the of these packaging. are possibly right. I'm I'm not knocking them down. I I don't know why that would be though. Like why why would <laughs> a half container be you know noticeably more expensive? You know what I think it may come down to. And, and a few people said this, too, and I, I'm going to go with this. I think it's just that they don't expect you to compare them. The half pies were not near the whole pies. Like, they were on a different table. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking they probably don't expect you to compare them. If you're a half pie person, you live alone, let's say, you just gravitate to that, you grab that, you go. If you buy the whole pie, you never look at the half pie. Because I did have some people say, Jack, I didn't even know they sold half a pie. That makes more sense. Because it, so I'm because- starting to think it's not, and, and, and no one, by the way, it, this is all capitalism, nothing wrong. I'm not pointing any fingers. Everybody does it, apparently. It's not just one chain or one store brand. I think they just figure you won't notice. Or they figured out that more people buy half pies than full pies. I don't know. They can make know. more money that way. I, um... And, I mean, you know, we should all only buy what we need, but I just, it, I could not wrap my head around paying more for the, it just, it just bothered me. It just, like, rankled. I couldn't do it. I really only needed the half, but I just, I just couldn't do it. I had to go with the less expensive um, option. Just felt right. So I, I wonder what a half pie symbol looks like. I just had to throw that in. I'm sorry. Oh, look at oh, you! Look at that. Yeah. Or, or, or how about this? Can a um, can a half pie identify as a whole pie? Oh. Right. Mm. Yeah. See, like maybe you were assigned the wrong. <laughs> All right. Stop it. That's enough of that. Just cut that out. Um, I read where the NCAA. Um, is considering taking pot off of the banned drugs list. They announced on Friday that they have received a recommendation from, they had a, a committee reviewing this question, should cannabis be removed from the banned substance list for NCAA sports? Uh, and I don't, I'm not an athlete, so I don't know, and I'm also not a pot user, so I don't know whether they should or they shouldn't remove it. I do wonder what would happen to all the people that got disqualified and punished for having it turn up in their sample. Like, are you going to have reparations for them, or will you make it up to them somehow, or is it just from now on? We'll talk about it tomorrow. All the breaking news and your chance to talk about it, we get started here at 4 Live. 